0: It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson.
1: This is Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective. It is Thursday, and no, this is not the Flake Gate, but we definitely will touch upon that. As always, I'm joined by my co-host. Glad to have him back into the fold mario Batanza, you can find him on twitter at mile high mario mario you know i know that's a little different than our normal flavor on the show but i just wanted to go back for a little to my uh miami roots no i am not latin in descent but i i love the food and i love the music and i wanted to give you, you and you want to be
2: latin descent
1: <laughs> well you know you, what? Wish, no. you
2: wish you were a little latin be honest yeah.
1: You know what? Hey, I, I I love Latin food, so maybe maybe that's the closest I get to. It, but who knows? Maybe in my next life, I, I might I might be Latin. I, I don't know. Uh, Nick, can you salsa dance? Oh, absolutely!
2: Really? Like like you can you can you can hit it up like Victor Cruz style?
1: Yes, I can. Contrary to popular belief, I know it's something that that's not often seen. I can, as they say, cut a rug, and if if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Mario, I believe that we both kind of laid out a challenge to one another when we're talking about dancing with the stars and and we're supposed to take some video of ourselves and post it, you know, dancing, but here's something else. I'm going to take it up a notch because lip syncing has now just kind of become the trend and all the rage uh, in in society. Now let's take it up a notch. Your best dance, your best lip sync, send it in and we throw it into the show. How about that? And we let, we let, the fans and the viewers, let them judge for themselves who did a better job. How about hey, that?
2: That that might be the best idea that you've had, Nick.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 so having you on as my co-host, that was a bad idea, right?
2: Yes, and this is a better idea. Okay. <laughs> this is a much better idea.
1: Well, well let's see if we can... I don't know what we you can... were
2: thinking with that first one.
1: Well, well, let's see if we can get this done. Now, you know, so much has been said about the flake gate. But before I get there, Mario, I just want to kind of take it back just just a little because... You know, I was reading my report or this report as I was going through, you know, doing all my research and trying to gather information about the Gate. But there was something that was really interesting. I came across an article that talked about college athletes with abusive coaches are more likely and more willing to cheat. And let me explain why. And, and at first when I came across this article, I was just like, well, that, that just sounds like more justification. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, I can understand why. Because coaches are hired and fired based upon what their athletes do on the field. And every coach, no matter what position you take, is trying to get to that next level. If you're in high school, you're trying to get to college. If you're in college, you're trying to get to the pros. And if you're in the pros and you, you're a position coach, you're trying to go from being a position coach to a coordinator. To a head coach. A head coach. Right. I mean, that, that's kind of the gradient or whatever. But what happens and what what I've seen, and and I go back into, you know, my life as an athlete in college, pros, and even high school, there's so much pressure surrounding everyone associated with whatever sport. There may be a tendency for a coach to be a little abusive or maybe because of that coach is being abusive and reprimanding them in front of their peers or demeaning them in front of their peers, now that player's like, listen, I'm tired of my coach getting on me. What more can I do to make myself better in the game? And sometimes the result is that player, not all players, but they think the way to kind of get over this and and alleviate themselves from being in that that heavy gunfire, that coach, they try to cheat. And thinking, okay, if I cheat, we win. The coach is is not on my back. But you know this. The better you do in any sport, the more criticism and pressure comes along. I'll let you... Go ahead and comment before I play this audio from uh, uh, Bryant University at Al Skinner. But go ahead and uh, give me your take.
2: Well, I agree with it. It definitely makes sense. You have a coach who is fiery and he's mean and abusive or whatever word you want to throw out there. I think it's more of a mentality, Nick. I mean, I don't know how your coach at Georgia Tech was. I know a little bit about the coaches that you had in the NFL. Um, but like that, that kind of fieriness, I feel like... Motivates to motivates a player almost to a point of fear, where a player is like so worried about letting their coach down, or so worried about getting yelled at. And not to say that these professional athletes or these college kids are scared, but it's more like, oh man, like I I don't want to run suicides, I don't want to do this, I don't want him coming down on me, so I'm going to do whatever I can, legal or illegal, to make sure that you know I get my job done. So I definitely see this. That's that's certain certainly plausible because if you have a nice coach it's like oh you know what do your best and go out there and give 110 percent and if you fail you fail but you're going to fail with a smile on your face or something like that
1: so and I think that believe that is the question as a coach you're kind of like the father figure parents are entrusting you to teach their their sons their daughters how to be women how to be men and how to take what they're learn from the sport exactly and take it out into the corporate world and, and the business world but where do you draw the line between motivating a player and then just being verbally and physically abusive
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that's if, if, we're,
2: if we're talking about it from like a, a parent standpoint nick i see it like obviously you have to toe the line there's no instruction manual, there's no guidelines, you know, you just have to figure it out yourself, you have to toe that line. So as a parent, if you are too loose and let them get away with too much, then they'll walk all over you, and we've seen coaches that that has happened to. If you are too strict for them, then they will act out, and, you know, in my opinion, that's the equiv. that would be the equivalent of, you know, a player cheating, or a player not staying within the rules, So as a parent and as a coach, you have to toe that line. You have to find the Pete Carroll happy medium, Nick. This is why this guy is so loved, because he is a very intense, strict coach, but he is a player's coach. All the players love him because he's buddy-buddy with them, but he knows how to get down to business. And there's still that hierarchy where he's in charge, even though they feel like they're equals with him.
1: You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. I'm Nick Ferguson. He is Mario Batanzi. You can listen live to the show, as always. Get that Voice America Network app, whether you have Android, Android Samsung, or you have, like Mario, that fancy uh, iPhone. But take us any whoa, whoa, and whoa. everywhere. Uh,
2: Nick, you know I don't have an iPhone, and oh, I never will have an iPhone.
1: Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. You, I,
2: just, oh, you just rope a dopamine me, Mayweather in me right now. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? Hey, I'm I've been... Ro- me into I've that been, corner. I'm fighting out. Hey, listen, I've been rope before and painted into that corner of the floor of Mayweather <laughs> that she like always <laughs> like to do, put me in a choco, so I'm only returning the favor. So uh, real quickly, uh, I want you to take a listen to what uh, uh, Brian University, the former Boston College coach uh, Al Skinner, had to say about motivating players and what he suggests.
3: So we, I think we all understand that, and we all try to motivate, but you cannot attack an individual uh, personally. Uh, you have to find a different way. And, you know, that's what coaching is, to be able to figure that out, to be able to analyze that situation and what's the best way to get that young man to perform at his at his peak and to coordinate those individuals to get it done. Yes, each individual is different. Each guy is motivated differently. But still, there's a line that you can't cross because if you do, you're just going gonna to break down that trust and that mutual respect because without it, you, you, there's no way that you can be successful and there's no way that you can coach individuals because they won't play for you. They will not.
1: you to Nick Ferguson's their perspective. I'm joined by my co-host, Mario Bertanzi. We're talking about uh, the fact of how far is too far when you talk about ethics in sports, uh, abusive coaches, and, you know, what do you draw the line? Mario, you know, I have two things right here in front of me. And, you know, bear with me if you will. But I, but I think it, it deserves for me to go down these and tell me if you heard of anything similar or you currently experience this. Now, what I have before me is a difference between or characteristics of a good coach and a bad coach. Now, I'm going to read a couple of characteristics from uh, a bad coach. Okay. Creates a team environment based on fear and devoid of safety, overemphasizes the importance of winning, can be physically abusive, coaches through fear and intimidation, kills his athlete's joy and enthusiasm of the sport, regularly uses public embarrassment and humiliation of his athletes. Now, here's a little bit of what a good coach should be. Never uses humiliation or embarrassment as a coaching tool, is a pro at catching athletes doing things right. Not wrong, doing them right. Fuse the athletes enjoyment and enthusiasm of the sport and is a a wonderful role model. Earns the respect from parents and players. That's only a couple of things where you talk about the characteristics of a good coach and, and a bad coach. And I'll tell you uh, in my years of playing, in all my years, I've come across some coaches that were great coaches. Found ways to motivate players. They even they looked at the flaws of your game, but they also pointed out things that you did well, which was all all great. But it doesn't always happen like that. I'll give you a quick story, Mario. I'm in high school. It's my junior year, and my DB coach. He's he's frustrated because a wide receiver called a slant pass. And then I didn't, I didn't just kind of blow him up. I'm thinking, we in practice, we need this guy for the game we're going to play on Friday night. So why go ahead and do it? Make sure I'm in the right place to make a play, but why go ahead and inflict, inflict that bodily pain? So he came up in my face, grabbed my face mask. And I mean, he shook it like, you know, a, a rock roller shaking a piece of meat. And he's yelling and screaming and saliva and spits coming out of his mouth. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, is this guy really yelling like this? And then I smiled, but not to just kind of belittle what he's saying, but I couldn't believe he was that upset. So when he saw me smile, oh, that only infuriated, infuriated <laughs> him even more. So he's grabbing and he's shaking and he's turning. He's taking his whistle and popping it on my head. But I never mentioned anything to my mom or my dad. And when I look at college sports as a whole, majority of the time, you don't see football players saying, some, saying anything in the social media. We live in social media age and things are a little different now than they were back then. But football players normally don't come out and say this. It's normally men's or women's basketball. So I ask you, if you experienced anything similar to this where a coach, and I know you play basketball, was verbally or physically abusive to you, and if they were Did you tell your parents?
2: Well, I played, you know, the three major sports. And thinking back on it, Nick, and this is going to make you laugh, the only coach who could have been, you know, considered as, quote, unquote, abusive or mean was my dad. My dad coached me in baseball. And I will say he was the best baseball coach that I had. I honestly did not have a coach who understood the game as well as he did or motivated his players as well. But you know what? As the coach's son, and maybe it's different nowadays, Nick, but as the coach's son, he pulled me aside and he said, if you want to play, you have to not only be better than everybody, you have to be much better than everybody. Because he didn't want to risk playing me and, you know, having other players or other parents saying, oh, well, he's only playing his kid because it's his kid, and his kid isn't even that good. He said, if you're not good, you will not play, because I'm here to win, and that's all I care about. Now, keep in mind, you know, I was like 13. Very, uh, very sensitive stage of my life, but yeah, that's that. That's the worst that I ever had, it, Nick, and you know what? It it motivated me. So I guess I've never had a coach that was abusive, like verbally abusive or anything like that. And maybe it's because I unfortunately didn't play high school football, and I feel like that would kind of be a taste of it. Uh, but as far as high school sports are concerned, you know, baseball coaches are pretty relaxed. Basketball coaches, you know, my guy was pretty relaxed. Uh, if we did something wrong, we pretty much just had to run, and that was about it.
1: Well, you know, I think it's different, especially with your father being your coach, because, one, he's your dad, and, and can we separate the difference between being a dad and then being a coach at the same time, or was it the same thing? And I've had a couple of guys that I know who I went to college with who now coach Pop Warner football, and the stories I hear about, you know, I guess the back and forth with the parents because, hey, you're not playing little Timmy or you're not playing little Timmy enough. Mm-hmm. So that parent gets upset. And one of, my, one of my close friends was actually sucker punched by a parent who wow. eventually ran away because, and I think we talked about this once again on the show, it's just the fact that parents somehow, you know, like a coach, get so enthralled in the game and try to live back vicariously through their child and that their anger and their frustrations get the best of them. And some parents are real critical and more critical than some coaches as far as, hey, get out there, do this and do this. And sometimes try to overtake the coaching of the coach. And there was something I saw on uh, HBO. It's called The State of Play. And where they kind of follow a couple of parents around because they looked at their kids as child prodigies, trying to accomplish things that they did not accomplish you know, themselves. And and some some of the words and the language that some of the parents use towards their kids, I mean, it's just like, why even have kids? I mean, my mom always said that everyone has the ability from a nature standpoint to have kids, but not everyone should have kids. And I was so disappointed, you know, in these parents. But that just talked to how competitive, you know, our society has become. And the biggest thing, we're talking about zero tolerance. And we're going to talk about a little later uh, the investigation with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and the Gate, You know, is it that big of a deal? Should things have gone this far? How far or how much are we so hung up on winning that we're willing to do any and everything possible to make, make sure we get that accomplished? On the opposite side of this break, we're going to talk about that and more first female coach in the NFL. What does this mean? Is this a, is this a trend Could we see a full-time female head coach in all of the major sports? We don't know. But we will discuss that and more on our next side of this break. Nick Ferguson, secondary perspective, with Mario Bitanzi. We'll be right back.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, flagship station for sports,
1: Voice America Sports.
0: You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 Or send an email to Show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Mario, you know what? Uh, In in sports and in life, you know, we talked about it before. It, It said that if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And it's not cheating until you get caught. And everyone's talking that's about that's your old
2: adage, Nick. I know that's how you that, live.
1: No, that's not how I live. But that, <laughs> that's that's something that has been ingrained in our culture. And I know that uh, right now, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft, the an organization, and I guess Patriots Nation, they're taking it on the chin right now with Roger Goodell upholding. This is four-game suspension for Tom Brady. But before we get in. Into that, I just want to toss this out there, because I said it before, and I would say this to the day I die. It is part of the culture. I'm not justifying, I'm saying that it is. And there's a lot of people out there who living in glass houses, casting a lot of stones. Mm-hmm. But let's just look for a second. There's an upcoming movie, right? Because I think you know art imitates life, but there's a movie that's upcoming. It's, it's uh, an epic movie as it's, it's being promoted. Batman versus Superman. Now, in a regular fight, Superman would destroy Batman. But I think Batman is going to use a little bit of hometown cooking, and that is in kryptonite, to defeat you know, the man of steel. So, therefore, it's not a fair fight. Batman's cheating with kryptonite. Now, bodybuilders. Now, there's no way, and you've seen bodybuilders before, no way his traps are that big. No way his neck is that big. No way you can build biceps that big. Guess what? Yep, that's right. He's cheating. Now, let's take it a little step further, <laughs> right? Uh, you can tell I thought about this in depth. Now
2: Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting back and enjoying the show, <laughs> Nick. Continue.
1: So, so now there are a lot of these uh, magazines that are beauty magazines and say, well, this is the natural way for you to look. This is the way that God intended. And every woman should look this particular way. But what they don't tell you is that that model that's on the front of that cover, guess what? Yep. Photoshop. Cheating. Now, what about these women who wear these pants now trying to have a Kim Kardashian derriere or a Nicki Minaj? But guess what? There are pads in those jeans. Your butt (laughs) isn't that big. Guess what? Cheating. Right? Oh. Oh, let's take it to the corporate America, Enron. Everyone remembers the, fir- the famous Enron. Guess what? They cheated a lot of their customers and a lot of their employees out of money. A step further, New York City. No one than Bertie off himself. He made off with a lot of cash. Guess what? He cheated people in a Ponzi scheme. Guess what? Cheat, cheat, cheat. But no. Hey, it's just the Patriots, right? No, it's not. I will continue on my tirade. The Browns of Cleveland. Ray Farmer suspended. Four games. Paid a fine because guess what? He was texting during the game. Not the guy next to him, but down to the field. That's a violation. Atlanta Falcons. Those those birds are dirty and yes, they were. Pumping. Artificial crowd noise through the speakers. It wasn't the fact the fans were generating this because they were just so excited about the game and the position of their team. No, they did it because guess what? They wanted a competitive edge. Guess what? That's cheating, too. So I just gave you a list of things of individuals in our society that happens every day that's, that's cheating, even in the comic books. But guess what? It's just the Patriots, right, Mario.
2: Well, you know what, Nick? In a way, you could say that you're cheating because this is your show, but that you then you bring me in as a ringer to, to boost the show. How are, are you cheating, Nick? I mean, that's a performance enhancer right there.
1: Well, I tell you what, there's always <laughs> solutions to problems. So if you want me to cut you out of the conversation, <laughs> I can't do that. We can eliminate it right now.
2: Here's the thing with the Patriots, Nick, and I'll try and keep it as short as possible because you know how I feel about the Patriots in general, and I'm going to be as unbiased here as possible.
1: Take your emotions out of it.
2: I feel like the personal relationship that Kraft and Goodell have had a very significant effect on this whole situation. I think if they were not as close of friends, Nick, and they hadn't been photographed together and spent time together – and it hadn't been brought to the public's view, then I don't think that he that the suspension would have been upheld or that it would have been as bad. And let me tell you why. Goodell is well aware that those pictures exist and he's well aware that people know that he and Robert Kraft are personal friends. So if he were to, you know, not put his foot down and make an example, you know that he was going to have to answer. If it was if it was personal treatment, if he was not disciplining Tom Brady because Robert Kraft is his friend, Robert Kraft is his buddy, and they work internally. If they had just been you know kind of strangers, like oh it's just a random owner, and then it's Roger Goodell, like they know each other, but you know they don't spend any time together. Goodell would probably slap him with a warning. Now, another thing to take into consideration on top of that is it's not just any franchise. It's the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots recently have had some very bad press about them and how they came to win those recent Super Bowls with Spygate. I don't understand why we have to put gate in front of everything, but, you know, I guess people that make way more money than me make those kind of decisions. <laughs> Anyways, with Spygate, that, that kind of brought it to the forefront. And there are all these, these little nitpicky things that the Patriots have done that borders on illegal and it's like you said nipple if you're not cheating you're not trying and obviously while they were quote-unquote cheating or however you want to look at it they were clearly trying because they won a couple super bowls while they were cheating and of course we're going to keep that in parentheses because remember i'm trying to be as unbiased as possible right now so with with all of these factors I feel like Goodell really didn't have a choice. He knew that he had to make an example out of the Patriots because they had gotten away with far too much. And I think that he knew no matter what, Nick, and this is, this is where I don't envy Roger Goodell. And maybe this is why he gets paid more money than anyone else in the NFL to make the tough decisions like this. But nobody's going to be happy. He could have suspended Tom Brady for the entire season. And there would still be people that said, Tom Brady should never play again. You know, he could have suspended him for two games. And people would say, well, that's not enough. You know, he could have suspended him for zero games. And people would be furious. There's, there was really no balance. So I thought four games was about as fair as it gets. And you remember, if you're listening to this right now, go back into the archives and look what Shannon Sharp had said. Shannon wanted Tom out about half of the season, if you remember correctly, Nick. And then we had Jake Plummer on the following week, and he thought that it needed to be about two games. So you put those two together, and we come up with four. So in my opinion, it's fair, and I think the reason that it was so bad, and none of these other teams are getting punished the way that they are, Nick, is the two reasons that, A, their owners are not close with Roger Goodell. So Roger Goodell doesn't feel like he has to save face, And B, these other teams didn't really have a past history of cheating. So the Patriots are going to get put on blast. And because they are (sighs) the toast of the NFL currently as Super Bowl champs, they need to be placed on a higher pedestal than other teams. And I will say this, Nick, this deflate gate has gotten so out of hand. And Tom Brady and Robert Kraft have actually exacerbated it. Because Brady is now just swinging in the wind. He is vehemently denying that he had anything to do with it. And now he's just kind of looking a little foolish, a little stupid, Nick. Like, save face and fess up to whatever you did. Even if you didn't do it, he would actually, in my opinion, make out a lot better. Because then people will say, oh, well, at least he came clean. And to this point, Tom knows that they're not going to take off his suspension. Or at least he should know this. So say face, you know the fans are going to forgive you. Hell, there are still Patriots fans, Nick, who think Aaron Hernandez is innocent. There's a Facebook page, in fact, dedicated to freeing Aaron Aaron Hernandez from prison because they think that he's innocent. But I digress. Those are Patriots fans, and we're not going to get into it. An example was made, and sorry, I'll wrap this up really quick. An example was made, and as far as you ask me, the fact that they have strung this out for so long, Nick— Tom Brady and Robert Kraft reacting the way that they did really like children, where, you know, they go into the public and they stomp their feet and they, they pow and they throw their fists around. They have extended this into like several more months than it should have been. So now every time you go back in history, Nick, 20, 30 years from now, when you look back on the Super Bowl that the Patriots won, even though they might have been the best team, everybody's going to remember Deflate Gate.
1: Well, you know what? that That is one of the things that everyone's trying to decide. And, you know, that's why lines have been drawn in the sand. You know, whether you're a Patriots fan or whether you're not, when you look at Tom Brady's legacy, the question is, will this affect his legacy moving forward? And for me, you know, I don't think so. I'm not going to look at him any different. I have to see the league with a burden of proof. You can't say... Okay, well, there's a 243 page report from Ted Wells that has language and verbiage like probably likely and generally aware. I don't know what that means. And the court of law is either you are guilty or you're innocent, right or wrong. And Robert Kraft said it himself and he apologized to the Patriots fans saying that he acted in good faith and accepted a harsh penalty, the harshest penalty that the league has ever levied down in order to exonerate Tom Brady. But he said that, you know, there were stories that were being leaked out of the league office to the four-letter network that only propelled this into the public eye even more as far as how many balls were actually inflated or deflated, the fact of uh, what was actually taking place. And with that being said, you know, personally, I don't blame Tom Brady for not wanting to turn his phone over uh, to Roger Goodell uh, and the league. Why? When you know that information has been leaked before – Now, he has over, what, 100,000 or 10,000 text messages on his phone. Whomever the person who was going to have to look through that, they were going to have to go through everything. We don't know if there were explicit photos or text messages to his wife or maybe someone else. All speculation. But I'm thinking if you're going to do that and you're going to ask him for his phone, at least have that person, one person, look through the text messages trying to find any incriminating evidence that links him to the deflate-gate situation and have them sign a disclosureary, uh, a document saying as though if we were to see something or we were to read something, you cannot say anything about that. I think maybe he might have done it at, at that point, but the president is the biggest thing, Mario, here. Because if, if with the collective bargaining agreement giving Goodell all this power, judge, juror, and, and, and executioner. I mean, he can levy down these fines. So to me, that put all the ownership in his his hands and put the players at a, at a, at a bad spot when it comes to this because let's just say there's another incident that happens off of the, the field. Tom Brady loses, now Goodell wants the phone. All your private information is out there in the public. I don't want people knowing all that. If you want to text messages, subpoena. And I called a friend of mine. works with a major phone carrier and he said even if the phone is damaged in whatever way possible subpoena the phone records and you can get all those text messages so now Mm -hmm. that we're going to court maybe we now see it but here's what I would like to to happen Mario instead of everyone getting hearsay about what's taking place in the courtroom with whatever judge is presiding over the case why don't we have a camera inside the room like C-SPAN so we can see everything so we can hear everything wouldn't you love to have that
2: uh, yeah, I would love to have that, but you know that it's probably not going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's probably probably likely that's not going to happen, right? We we might be publicly generally aware of uh, what's going to take place. Who knows? We we have we have we have no idea. But you know, when I look at this thing further, for me, it's kind of asinine because you, you criticize Tom Brady saying, "Okay, well, the rule states that." It's supposed to be at 12.5, 13.5 PSI. That's 14 to 15 ounces. And the ball cannot be altered in any way. And we talked about this before. Aaron Rodgers said through Phil Simms that, hey, i like to put more air in the ball. i like to test the patience of the referees to see if they're paying attention and see if they're going to take the air out. Is that not changing the rules and manipulating the ball himself? But most people I talk to, Mario... They say that hey, because he verbalized his, I guess, defiance, then that kind of exonerates him from the violation of the rules. I mean, do you believe that too? As long as, as long as, if I cheat on my wife, as long as I come out and say I cheated, that kind of nullifies the fact that I cheated on my wife. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> I think, I mean, but, but here's but here's the difference, Nick. I think what Aaron Rodgers does would be considered, like, hindering him. Like, that should make it more difficult. So that would be like, that that wouldn't be like you cheating, Nick, and then admitting to it. That would be like you winning the award for best husband of all time for never cheating and for cooking and cleaning every single day for your wife and for worshiping the ground that she walks on and then saying, "Well, I'm 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 the best husband." <laughs> I don't I, I don't. That's just how I see it because it, he's not cheating because he's making it more difficult. So if we're tying it into like another sport, like to put it into perspective, in baseball, Sammy Sosa got in trouble for a court bat. George Brett, all those years ago, you know the famous footage of him storming out onto the field and yelling at the umpire. His the pine tar level was too high on his bat. So that would be like deflating the balls. Now, in baseball, it would be like the opposite. If you're inflating a football, it would be like, you know, using a hollowed out bat because you think that it'll increase your speed, the speed of your swing and it'll allow you to hit better. Or as a pitcher, you know, you're throwing a baseball without any laces because, you know, you you like the challenge. And obviously, if a pitcher doesn't have laces, the ball's not going to move. It's just going to go straight. And so that's it's just weird to me. Like, I don't know how to react, Nick, because it's like, okay, he's altering the PSI in the football, but he's making it more difficult on himself. So maybe that's why he admitted it's like, well, I'm not giving myself an advantage. If anything, I'm putting myself Behind and you know what Aaron Rodgers is so good, Nick, that in order to level the playing field, maybe he needs to make it more difficult on himself.
1: I don't believe that. He said he he put more air in the ball because he has large, He was blessed with large hands and allows him to grip the ball and allowing him to grip the ball better is, is an advantage that that helps Aaron Rodgers be able to throw the ball down the field with a lot of zip and velocity. To me, that's still a violation of the rules, no matter how you slice it, but. If you want to call in the program, 888-346-9144. And with that, we have a caller on the line. Noah, how's it going?
4: Uh, doing good. How are you?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, it's hard to hear you in the background, but uh, we're talking about the deflate gate. What do you have to say?
4: Well, I think anybody who, no matter what it is, inflate or deflate, whenever you are giving yourself an advantage. And giving yourself an unfair advantage, whether it's increasing or decreasing the the level of air in the ball, it's bending the rules, breaking the rules, however you want to look at it, it's it's basically an unfair advantage.
1: So, so so let me ask you, in your eyes when you look at this, do you feel as though this is somehow tarnished the legacy of Tom Brady and the fact of how many Super Bowls uh, he's actually won. Well,
4: I'm not sure if it'll, it'll tarnish his legacy, but I know it definitely, of the past Super Bowls he's won, but I know it definitely will tarnish what, he, what they accomplished in 2014 because it shows that even after Spygate, the New England Patriots or Tom Brady or whoever you want to say, they are doing things to get themselves Looked at as cheaters, and we and in the NFL you try to make the level playing field even, but you see guys doing things of that nature. That you know, of it's cheating with your body or if it's cheating in the game, it's cheating in general, and that there's no place for that in the game.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you before I let you go: What happens? This, let's just say hypothetically that Tom Brady is found innocent in these findings. what then? I mean, what do people say after all this harsh criticism of both he and the Patriots? What then?
4: Well, I don't think anybody is going to say, well, he's found innocent, so all is forgiven. I think they're just going to realize that that was part of the political process, which helped Tom Brady, you know, through a suspension, whether the the games are reduced or, you know, whether it's no suspension at all. But the fact does remain that air was let put let out of the ball. Someone had to do it. Someone had to pay the price for it. And whether he serves suspension games or not, people will look at him differently. You know.
1: Well, Noah, thank you for uh, calling into the show and giving us uh, your input. Really appreciate it. No problem. Coming up after the break, the first female to be hired. And the NFL, could there be more to come? And Hollywood weighs in and its very subtle way on this whole Deflate Gate. That and more on the opposite side of this break. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective with Mario Bautani. <laughs> The fans now have a voice to speak
3: their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think and that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We playing around here. Voice America Sports. looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies (laughs) join us every week for winning ponies with john englehart racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies handicapping website listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 Or send an email to Show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
4: Uh, well, I
1: That's right, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. And we're still talking about the Gate And and really quickly, Mario, uh, I'm always thinking about, you know, innovative things and how to spice up the show. But I I was looking through uh, some movie archives and I said, well, what movie would definitely depict what's taking place with Roger Goodell and the whole deflate gate and i said well what goodell and the the league want they want tom brady to admit his guilt will that happen i don't know It's going to play out in court it's it's like kane versus abel i mean it's like the nfl infighting but but here's hollywood's depiction of what the league wants let that roll that's what you told
2: Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object. And when it went bad, you cut good. these guys loose. Your Honor, you are just inside the phony transit. Your Honor, you doctored the logbook. Damn, can't you can't the doctor. Consider yourself
4: in contempt. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code Red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you, you want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Laves. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. Fine. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and when I.
1: Mario, now is that not? First of all, let me let me say this: that was probably one of the best verbal exchanges I've ever seen in a movie of all time to, to to date. Just 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 the best best period. And I thought that that definitely depicted what the league is looking for Tom Brady to do. You know, did you order the cold red? Did you order those two equipment guys? Uh, John Draismsky and Jim McNally to deflate the ball. We already know about their text messages back and forth and what they said about Tom and how one of the equipment guys felt about about Tom personally. That's that's what it seemed like from the text messages. But hey, burden of proof, you have to prove it. Robert Kraft said it himself in his apology to the fans. There's no hard evidence, and you can't tell me. The fact that saying, okay, having some story, like Robert Kraft is saying, claiming that the league leaked to, once again, the four-letter network, about the fact that Tom Brady destroyed his phone. What does that mean, destroyed your phone? Did he smash it? Did he stick it in the toilet? Did he take a jackhammer to it? What does that mean, he destroyed the phone? I don't know, Mario, but (laughs) all I know is they're saying that Eight, he destroyed his phone. And when you toss, you toss out the fact that 11 out of the 12 balls were deflated and the fact that Tom Brady, a four-time Super Bowl winner and two-time MVP and has a four and two record in the Super Bowl and is a first battle Hall of Famer, that he damaged his phone. Oh, yes, of course. You couple that with what took place with the Patriots in the past, whether it's, you know, you have evidence or it's alleged, guess what? He is convicted in the court of popular opinion. But guess what the dollars say, Mario? His jersey is spying off the shelf. So once again, is this a way for the league to find a way to promote themselves? And I've never seen a story like this where a guy is the, both the hero and the villain at the same time. Because say what you want to say about the Patriots and the Patriots way. When the Patriots are in a Super Bowl or in a meaningful game, people are tuning in. Viewership is up. Advertising is up. So the golden boy of the NFL is now being put on trial. He is now, he's like Harvey Two-Face from Batman. You know, he's both (laughs) a hero and a villain. But once again, Mario, we still have to wait to see how how this uh, uh, plays out. But how did you like that? Uh, A few good men.
2: Oh, I thought that was I thought that was perfect, Nick. And hopefully we can get Tom Cruise in that uh, in that courtroom and get Tom Brady to admit that he deflated the football so we could finally be rid of this stupid story once and for all. And I told you this during the break, Nick, and I'm gonna bring it up now. a story that needs to be getting way more attention and it doesn't even need to be talked about. It just needs to be said. Eric Berry is now cancer free and he is reporting to camp. Now I don't care if you're a Broncos fan like I am Raiders fan, Chargers fan, or any other fan in the NFL, whether you love the chiefs, hate the chiefs are indifferent. It doesn't matter because this is a humanistic story. Eric Berry was one of, if not the best safeties in the NFL. We all know that he had to stop playing because they found a growth. You know, they found cancer and today, Nick, It is such an incredible story. He is cancer free. And this, it transcends sports because, like I said, it's a humanistic story and it hits close to home to so many people. And it's just so inspiring and so incredible that, you know, he was blessed enough to be able to rise above this and is now healed. Like, it's, this is such a better story. And I just wish that it got a little bit more attention uh, than Deflate Gate.
1: Well, you know what, Mario, you're absolutely uh, right. Uh, But in the day and age that we live in, stories like that, you know, they they don't garner the the front page. And that's been my problem for a while, being a professional athlete and just being just a, a human being, period. Why glorify some of the negative things that are happening in our society and putting them on the front page? And you don't tell the inspirational stories of people doing great things around this country, whether they are uh, working for corporate America or they are, you know, a professional athletes. To me, we need more of these story, stories because sometimes when I watch the news, I don't know about you, Mario, when I watch the news, it can be really depressing. That, that first, like, five minutes, is like the, the first five minutes of watching Saving Private Ryan, it's just like, oh, wow, it, you know, I want to flip, change the channel. You know, it's just like, give me, give me some good news, you know, uh, increase my spirits. And with that, I'm going to give you a little bit of of good news. You know, there's a fourth-grade class, and you know there's a lot of homeless people in this country, and and, and we're considered to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world, but there's a growing number of homeless people. So there's a a a fourth-grade class, and I'll put this on Twitter later, that decided to grow, as a class project, uh, enough food to feed 300 homeless people. And, and another related story, uh, there was a police officer who was driving, and he saw an old, an old man in the wheelchair trying to mow his lawn. The officer pulled over and proceeded to mow the lawn for the guy. These are the stories that need to be told. These are the stories that need to be headlines. And that's why here on Secondary Perspective, we give you that. And Mario, here's one more for you. Now, we, we all talk about global warming and, and light bills and things uh, going up in water shortages, especially in California, where they're promoting, hey, let your lawn go, California go. Basically, they're telling people, allow their grass to die. But here's the story. It is a, a lamp. And as it's, it's told, the people in the Philippines that often suffer from typhoons and floods, uh, there's a new product that is out. It's called uh, Galvanic Cell Creating Electricity. From a chemical reaction between the salt water and the electrodes. Apparently, there's a lamp that all you do is grab a glass of water, throw two tablespoons of salt, and you can run a lamp on with the electrodes for about a year. And then also, uh, they're kind of uh, revamping it a little, which is going to come out in a couple of months, where you can use salt water to actually charge your cell phone. How would you like to have a product like that, Mario?
2: Man, that sounds that sounds incredible, Nick. When you told me during the break that you had some tech stuff to share with me, I figured it would just be another iPhone crack, but that that was a, that was better. I'm I'm happy that you shared that with me, and now I want it.
1: Well, see, I think everyone wants it. My wife said this morning was like, "Hey, we got to get one of those." But uh, the NFL had to get one too, you know, with the NBA uh, Becky Hammond, I guess, taking the world by storm and winning the Summer League Championship, that's Becky Hammond, female basketball coach, now part of the uh, great and Spurs uh, coaching staff. Uh, the league uh, signed, that's not the league, the Cardinals hired Jen Walter, a former arena league uh, star, well, I don't want to say star, but three carries for one yard. So she played, first woman to play an all-male football game, but now she'd be the first female coach hired for the preseason, for the Arizona Cardinals, which follows a trend. And here's a little bit of what Jen had to say.
5: Really been getting wrapped up by, like, in the wings of the Cardinals. I mean, I couldn't say it any better. The media part is insane. You know, I always like to say I, I played, you know, 13 years of women's football, being one of the best in the world, two gold medals, and nobody even knew I was, you know, I existed until I took big hits by men. So um, to be in this spot, it's, it's a little overwhelming, but it's very exciting. But I can show these guys what, you know, that you can overcome any limitation. I'm 5'2", and thirty pounds. I never should have been able to do what I was doing even in the women's league. So it's not always about outbigging somebody. Sometimes you have to be a little bit smarter. But I didn't start playing football to be here. I didn't even dream that it was possible. And I think the beauty of this is that, though it's a dream I never could have had, now it's a dream other girls can grow up and have. And so I guess if that makes me a trailblazer, then... She's a trailblazer. I'm I'm honored, honored. you know. (laughs) Well, then I'm honored.
1: That was Bruce Arians commenting on the training camp hire of Jen Walter. Mario, before we get out of here, give me your final thoughts. You know, with Jen Walter being hired, how does it change the landscape of how diversity is being viewed in professional sports?
2: Well, here's the thing that we need to to do, Nick. We need to get to the point where something like this is no longer news. Something like this is no longer groundbreaking, that it it is the norm. And it was kind of like how we talked about the Michael Sam situation. At least it was my take with it. I don't care if he's gay, straight, bi, tie, whatever. If he is good and he gets the job done, then I would want him on my team. The same thing here. If she can get the job done and she is a good coach, then I want her there. I don't care if she's a woman, a woman, a man, or somewhere in between. You feel me? So I, I think this is a step in the right direction. Um, and I understand that there's going to be media focused around it. And hopefully we get to the point where this is not big news. It's just the norm.
1: Well, I, I look forward to it just being the norm. I think I love the idea of diversity. Hire people based upon the things and the qualifications that they bring to the job, not sex or gender. Je- thanks for joining the show. As always, Mario Batanzi, my co-host. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at Mario. You can find me at twenty five. Always share your thoughts and your ideas, whether we're on live or not. I'm always tweeting. Mario is also tweeting during the weekend. Justin on the boards and my three amigos here at the Pavilion here on the campus of the Church of Scientology. Thank you for allowing me to broadcast live from here at the Pavilion. Until next week, have a safe weekend, and hey, don't inflate or deflate anything. We'll be back right here next week, same bad time.
0: Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.